And that's a bit of the great new release from Runaway Angel. It is called Beach Please. And of course, it's been a while since we've heard music from them. They started about 10 years ago. And uh, it's so great to have them back on the music scene doing so well with this great song. And we'll have a lot of opportunities to see them in person this year at shows. My pleasure to welcome Runaway Angel. It's Cadence Grace and Chaplin and Stacey Zeggers. Welcome, ladies. Hey. Thank you. What a pleasure. I mean, we've got so much to chat about. Let's just start off with the great news right now, which is, first of all, you guys are back yeah. uh, better than ever, stronger than ever. And uh, one sign of that, of course, is this great new summer anthem, which I loved from the first time I heard it. I love the clever title. It's called Beach Please. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Feels <laughs> good to have it out there. Yeah. Cadence, I'll ask you specifically, tell me about the song, a little bit about the inspiration behind it. Well, there wasn't really any inspiration. It was one <laughs> of those songs where, like, we went into the writing trip and Stacy just was like, I want to write a beach song. And we went and had this write with Kate Malone, who we've never written with before. And she just had, like, a couple, like, kind of pre-created, like, tracks to like top line to like just little like short loops sure. and um just like the she played this moment with just this like banging bass beat and it just felt so beachy and i think we all kind of like really liked that one so we went back to it and then we were just like okay what are we gonna write about beach wise and then ann said beach please and then we all laughed because I think we just all thought it was a joke. And then I don't remember which one of us was like, wait, no, I think that's the song. Like, that's it. That's the hook. Let's go. Uh, and and a song was born. I can see a lot of people blasting this, hear them blasting it uh, this summer. We sure hope they do. It, it's definitely fun. Like, I can't help but dance still when I hear it. And I've heard it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. a good sign when you ladies have heard a song so many times and you still love it. Yeah, I think this was like, I felt bad for Adam at one point, because I think this was the song that we've ever done that many mixes on. Like it was a lot <laughs> of mixes, because there just there were like, we just couldn't get it to a place where we were like, okay, now it's perfect. It just kept feeling like there's something missing. There's something missing. Like at one point, we even like cut out the bridge and did like a completely the mariachi bridge. We had something totally different there. And then we were like, wait, what if we just went like full blown mariachi? Um, and like, yeah, we just changed it a million times. I think at one point too, he'd spent like hours doing this like super exhaustive mix and he sent it to us and we were we felt so bad but we had to just be like no no like can you go back to the mix before this because like you just lost all the magic somehow and like I think sometimes that happens when you overthink things and you start overproducing things and just filling in too many things you just lose like the vibe and sure. uh, and sometimes you just got to go back to like that bare bones feel to get like that hit again yeah it's kind of cool to be able to add those elements, right, or to listen to it and be able to give that feedback to Adam Newcomb, your producer, and yeah. um, say, add this. So were you th was it sometimes just a small little tweak? You said, add this here, and that made a difference? Yeah, a lot, a lot. There was a lot of small changes, 
like throughout the song. This is also one of the first songs we've ever done like unison parts on as well as harmonies. Um, so like in the chorus, there's like, a, it's a very heavily layered uh, group of vocals there because we're singing in unison and we're singing in harmony and we just wanted it to have like this really full sound. Right. And one of the best things about Adam is that he wants to take it somewhere cool. He wants to do something neat with it. Like he was throwing out crazy ideas for the bridge. And I appreciate that about him very much. He didn't play it safe. He knows that like we want it to be different and awesome. And he's right there with us trying to be creative with it. Yeah, yeah he was the one who came up with actually putting the mariachi thing in the bridge. Like, we never mentioned that. I don't even think it was something that crossed our minds. And when we got the first mix and it was in there pretty heavy, we were like, this is so amazing. It's a little too much, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we went somewhere different in the bridge and it just felt like it took it almost felt like an unnecessary bridge where, where we were going with it. And I don't like that. Like I love bridges, but they actually have to mean something. And, uh, and so like, it just didn't feel like it was paying off. And we said we wanted horns like in the song and he hadn't really found anywhere to put them in yet. So yeah, Adam was like, what if, what if instead of just horns, we just like fully mariachi did up and uh, yeah, good call Adam.
Stacey, I'll ask you this question. I know it's been 10 years since Runaway Angel began. You guys are back at it. We'll talk about the break in between. But I was I saw in a post recently that uh, Runaway Angel wasn't the original name. You had a different name, but somebody else beat you to it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we, we stood on names forever, and we wanted... I think we wanted Angel in there, right? Yeah. Um, but it, we, so we came up with Dirt Road Angels and we, I like bought the domain. We were like about to launch it and then randomly another band, all female <laughs> band came out like literally that week. And we were like, are you like, are you kidding me right now? So we had to sort of put everything on pause and just do over a bunch of other names. Um, actually, one of the names was Run Angel Run. And then we were like, oh, that's kind of weird for for a band name. So we ended up, you know, writing a song called that um, yeah. and landed on Runaway Angel, which I think is more meant to be. I don't know if we're necessarily Dirt Road Angels. <laughs> no, I think it worked out the way it was meant to, for sure. And like, it's so jokes because we love those girls. And it's just so hilarious that we were literally all on the exact same wavelength about that. Yeah, what a coincidence. That's uh, quite something. But you came up with an- another great name, as you are known now, Runaway Angel. Uh, Ten years, the new single. Um, Cadence, tell us, for those who don't know, and most of us do know through social media, etc about your health journey and that obviously caused you to take a step back and uh you had to take care of yourself for a while yeah uh yeah (laughs) i got cancer uh at the beginning of 2018 i was diagnosed with leukemia like a couple months after we put out our second record zero and um initially my prognosis was like extremely positive i had a very treatable form of leukemia um but unfortunately i just the treatments did not work for my genes and uh i just didn't i couldn't take the treatment so after about a year of like unsuccessfully trying to get the treatment to work they basically told me i had to have a bone marrow transplant um in order to survive so we put everything on hold once i knew that was kind of what was happening and uh we tried to find a match and then uh and then i had a bone marrow transplant in, in 2019 and it took me uh I am still recovering. (laughs) I was going to say it took me four years to recover, but I'm, I am still recovering. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, especially like in how I look, I'm finally just starting to see like the old me again, which has been really nice. So feels like very full circle. And to be back with these ladies making music, it's like, you know, I, I said to somebody last week that, this is the first time where like I've always believed that everything happened for a reason. And that belief system got really sh- like shaken when I had cancer. Cause I just couldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I just feel like there's so many things that make sense about what happened and why it happened the way that it did. And me now like getting a place in Nashville. And it's just, I feel like where I'm at in my life right now, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't gotten cancer. I think I probably would have, you know, uh, gone down a different path and and probably ended my music career pretty shortly after that anyways. Um, so I think this just made me realize how much I needed music to be my, my whole life. Um, yeah. Wow. Hard, hard to imagine what you went through, but, uh, as you mentioned there, I mean, the level of appreciation you would have now for, for life and getting back to music would be deeper than any of us could have. Yeah, I definitely appreciate things in a different way, for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, incredible. It's just wonderful to have you back, to see you out at events and to know that you three are reunited because Runaway Angel really took off. Like, people love you and uh, they love your music. And so for you guys to come back, I know a lot of people were waiting for this. Well, that's nice to hear. We we weren't sure (laughs) if they were, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, we we definitely weren't sure what, what the... Uh, reception was going to be like coming back um we obviously hoped that people would want to hear more music from us but um we obviously had kind of discussed it you know at the time I wanted to go back and do more music um Stacey had just had um Frankie her second baby and it was just really bad timing for everybody and had like just finished school and finally started working and I think like just neither of them felt like it was the right time um so they let me go and do my own thing for a bit. And then, and then Tommy approached us, uh, approached me at CCMAs and said like, what's going on with the band? Like, are you getting back together? Cause like, I want to sign you guys. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, what, uh, what? (laughs) let me call Ann and Stacy. Cause I feel like nobody is going to believe this. And I'm not really (laughs) sure what anybody's going to say. And our response was what? yeah how do you say no to that wow yeah yeah exactly and he was somebody that we had really wanted to work with right before I was diagnosed like we had a really nice dinner with him at the end of 2017 and I felt like if if I hadn't gotten sick we would have ended up working together anyways so it's really cool that he just held out and and still wanted to work with us after all this time it's amazing the people we have, uh, in this case, Tommy, in your life and others who have supported you through all this. And, you know, all the people who believe in us when we're not maybe on top and um, maybe we're struggling, whatever it is, but they're still there and they have offers for us, you know, after we've uh, gone through something. Yeah, for sure. It's it's amazing. Um, do you, have you ladies modeled yourself after any? Or like, are there inspirations as far as other trios or other bands of, I don't know, the Dixie Chicks or something that you look up to or you kind of learn something from? I don't know if we've modeled ourselves, but we definitely take inspiration from a lot of different places and have a lot of strong influences that you can't help but, you know, take little bits and pieces that you admire from them and try to work it into your own art. You know, but I don't think we've ever specifically looked at a trio and said, let's do that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got your own sound and it's unique. What about on the songwriting side of things? The the main songs that you have released over the years and will continue. I know you've got a co-writer on Beach, Please. Are a lot of the songs written by just the three of you? Uh, We have written a ton of stuff, just the three of us, especially over the last four years. Like we didn't stop writing there was obviously periods when when we took little breaks but um yeah in general we have done a ton of stuff together but I think we do like to look for outside inspiration and like having that fourth songwriter you know to just sort of Mm -hmm. help guide us a little bit more just bring a different perspective is there one writer and I'll throw this over to Anne is there one writer might be specific to you though um a dream co-writer that you guys haven't written with yet in Canada or in Nashville that you all three would love to get in a room with and see what you can create. Derek. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) I got you guys. And then Ryan Tedder is a close second. Yeah, definitely. I did. That was this guy who like 
hosted the songwriting thing online I did with my parents and it was just really interesting it like watching how he approaches music completely changed the way I write music that's Ryan Tedder yeah yeah amazing uh wow so what was it about his writing that uh, changed your writing cadence your approach to it I've just always approached writing from like a really emotional point of view. And I write music when I like am feeling something and I need to get it out. And then when I'm not feeling something, I have no ideas. And that sucks because then you just have writer's block unless something like exciting or horrible or dramatic is happening to you. Right. And uh, and so he approached he approaches music from like a con- like a construction point of view and builds more like of a, a track with like a melodic loop or some kind oh. of like beat or like a hook and just puts it on repeat, you know, over and over and over until he starts getting kind of like a melody idea. And then he just mumbles like the melody over the music. And then, you know, one or two words will kind of hit and be like, OK, like, I think this is the hook or I think this is a line. And then uh-huh. like it's almost like engineering a song in reverse. Sure. Um, when you're not inspired by something like emotionally or lyrically, you inspire yourself with something musically. And then that music inspires like the emotion or what ends up being like the hook yeah. for it. That, that makes sense. And that's a great way yeah, to, to end writer's block because uh, mm-hmm. you need tricks to do that. Right. Because you're not, as you said, you're, Cadence, you're not always going to be going through an emotional time or something that's going to inspire you. So you hope. <laughs> You hope, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you don't. Yeah. Because <laughs> you get good songs out of those times, but who wants to go through those times to get them, right? You mentioned yep. Eric Rattan, of course, a great Canadian from Ontario artist who's had songs that he's written for Blake Shelton and others. Uh, what is it about Derek? Because I know he's a great writer. What do you guys love about Derek Rattan? He's just, he's so down to earth. He writes such cool lyrics. He's such a nice guy. And I just literally love every yeah. song he's ever written written everybody always talks about the way he crafts songs yeah you know like the way he approaches it you know like it it's a craft for him (laughs) carefully construction constructs it from beginning to end incredible yeah the one song that's standing out at the moment i love so many of his songs but main street 1979 yeah which became a hit and yet it's very sparsely produced and it's not a commercial song in one sense uh, that you might think, but it but it totally worked on radio. What was that song that somebody was saying? I think we were in Germany. We were in that weird basement where they had a bunch of World War memorabilia, and somebody was saying that they loved this song by Derek Rattan, and it reminded them about what's important in life. What's that song? Anyway, I'll, I'll remember it tomorrow when it's not helpful. <laughs> but somebody in Germany... Yeah, was saying like this song impacted them so much. It's not remember it in color, is it? No. And it's not. No. That's how I want to go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because that is a powerful song. So I thought maybe that was one because that's kind of something that uh, is inspiring. Yeah. Ten points for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, Derek Rattan. Shout out to Derek. Um, and speaking of uh, you mentioned Ryan Tedder and the uh, Zoom or whatever we were on cadence with your parents. That reminded me that you wrote a song with them. It was the first song you ever wrote with them, which was your last release as a solo artist called Don't, your most recent release. Yeah. Um, what was that like? It was really cool. It was very cool um, to write a song with my parents. They've been a part of my like journey for my whole life. So supportive and just to be able to create something with them, actually, and have them see what it did in the world was just really, really cool. And now my mom is just super stoked that she's like, written a, a 
song that was on the radio. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> she would be. That's a great, uh, a great thing, a great accomplishment. I love one word titles too. I don't know if it started with the title. It may not, because there's a hook to it, obviously, in that song. But um, sometimes it's cool if you hear a title or, or one word title and you don't know how it's going to be used. Yeah. So like really that song was written using that process. I had like the the loop of like the dun, 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 and I just looped it like over and over. And like, as I was mumbling things, like I just kept using like don't. And then like, I kind of started thinking, oh, it would be really cool to use don't in like every way that you can use it like grammatically. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And then I had this, uh, obviously, like the idea from my uh, ex-boyfriend who still likes to say hey. And uh, and yeah, so thanks to him, I wrote a song about exes and and it made me like the most money I've ever made off a song before. And that was pretty exciting. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, payback is sweet. Yeah, isn't that? It's great. Yeah, when you can take a situation that is not the best situation and you can profit from it, that's always a good thing. Yeah. And I'm sure it's uh, with that song in particular, but many songs. I mean, Beach Please, people will tell you that it's making them feel good and happy. And that's a great thing. But something like Don't, uh, a song like Don't, people who've been in that situation or are, are in that situation can relate to it. I'm sure they say, hey, man, that, or hey, lady, that uh, I can relate to that. Yeah. Hey, lady. <laughs> hey, lady. Hey, uh, yeah, um, definitely. It's a super relatable song. Like, I think everybody's got uh, had an ex or been in a situation where they're like, you know, trying to close that door, but that other person keeps trying to open it and it just makes it raw every single time. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Stacy, I'll throw this question over to you. Um, you ladies have written uh, the worst song in the world. And I mean that as a compliment. yes tell me about the Um, worst song in the world that's a great song title yeah um you know what it's a really like rocking tune that we wrote in nashville uh for our last album zero and um we went into the songwriting session just basically being a little down with the industry thinking, you know, how are we going to write the best song in the world? Well, you know what? We're just going to write the worst one. And that's what, uh, that's how we <laughs> came up with it. Um, and then I had like, Oh, I want to say imagine dragons. Yeah. <sighs> now I can't, is it imagine dragons? I had their like makes sense. intro inspiration for, for like the rockin' intro to it. And, uh, yeah, Cadence has a really cool idea for a music video. Maybe we'll just do one for fun one day and just to smash radios. <laughs> I feel like it would be so much fun just like collecting as many broke, broken, crappy radios from Value Village as you can and just <laughs> like I have this picture in my mind of this, like the beginning of the video, like being the guy that you left or left you or whatever with this new girl in this convertible and they're like listening to the song on like this cliff you know and all of a sudden this like shadow comes over them and they look up and it's just like me with a sledgehammer and i'm like sledgehammering the radio right in between them and gracious i just think it's so dramatic and amazing like i just think there's such cool stuff you could do with that you know song was my favorite thing i turn it up so you'd lean in the soundtrack to our good night kiss you 
have a lot of great tunes and i mean this is one as you said uh before i think it was off the air that um it wasn't a single but um but it could have been do you have other songs from your catalog that uh maybe you haven't even recorded yet but that are going to be future future releases i hope a lot like there's a lot that we never got to release that like i don't know if they're right for radio and like in the past we haven't recorded a lot of these songs because like not that they're like would be a filler on an album but like we just want to jam all our albums full of hits to Mm -hmm. make it make like the most business sense for us but like some of the songs we've written like the one like secondhand that i played that everybody's yeah. always like why haven't you released this song it's like well because i didn't think anyone would like it because it's so weird and like abstract but i just feel like sometimes those are the best songs so i'd love to like put out like a random like album of b-sides of like all of the singles that we've never released that like we still feel like should get to see the light at some point that's a great idea. I like the idea of a B-sides album because sometimes, as we all know, the album cuts uh, are our favorite songs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we're, I mean, we're artists. We don't like always feel the most connected to the songs that we write that are perfect for radio. We feel most connected to the songs that we write 
and that just kind of fall out of us, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. And those songs often don't get heard because for one thing, budget too, right? Yeah. So you're, you're just trying to be strategic when you're paying all this money to get the stuff recorded and it sucks, but it's reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's that battle between commercial and uh, something very personal to you. And sometimes the personal songs can take off, but you've got to keep in mind, as you said, that the album's got to be uh, commercial, I guess is the only word I can think of. Yeah. Like in the future, you can anticipate like a, a 40 track Cadence Grace album. <laughs> Every track is going to be written only by me about like a very personal chapter in my like cancer and recovery journey for sure. Oh, wow. Like I definitely, there's so much I want to write about and talk about that like isn't for radio, isn't for like popular consumption. But I feel like everybody kept telling me like, you should write a book and I'm going to be like, cool, I am, but it's going to be to music and I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I love that. that. That'll affect a lot of people too. It'll be great for you. And other yeah. people who have been on a similar journey. Duet partner-wise, and I'll go around because it might be different for all of you, but it could be as a solo performer or as Runaway Angel. But I'll start with you, Stacey. Do you have like a dream duet partner? Gosh, I don't know. I always love Dean Brody, but I'm just trying to think like vocally who I would like really get in the pocket with. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Dean Brody. I just okay. I think he's such a talented writer and just a talented guy in general that... Yeah, if he wrote a song, I would sing on that any day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great choice. How about you, Anne? That's really hard. <laughs> it is. It's tough. There's so many choices. You know who I think has this amazing voice that's maybe a little underrated is Jojo Mason. And he just is, he's such a great guy. I feel like we'd have yeah. a lot of fun. You'd have a lot I don't of know fun. him very well, but everybody speaks so highly of him. And every time I hear his voice, I'm like, man, he's great. Yeah. He's got a cool, uh, I don't know if it's a raspiness or whatever, something to his voice that is uh, really cool. And I, I like his songs, too. Agreed. Yeah, he's great. How about you, Cadence? Um, well, I'm actually putting out a duet later this year with Drew Taylor. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great uh, yeah, we wrote it uh, last year with Chris Buck. And originally, I don't think it was like in, planned on being a duet. And then... Um, and then when I did the demo, I was like, I feel like this needs to be a duet. So I did it that way and I sent it to Drew and he was like, oh my God, we should cut that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah we should. Uh, so yeah, so that's going to come out later oh. this year. And uh, he's got a really nice, really nice voice. So uh, I think we're actually going to do the vocals on it next week after CMAOs. Exciting. Mm. Uh, as far as Runaway Angel music, we have Beach Please out now. Is there more singles like later this year, maybe in the fall, another release from you ladies? uh yeah but we're not sure which one yet so we can't okay. we can't drop any hints okay <laughs> but you got <laughs> to choose from obviously yeah we wrote yeah. like way more stuff in nashville that we liked than i thought we were going to <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i thought we were gonna suck after like four years <laughs> of being apart uh like uh from like writing commercially but no it just let me just picked right back up where we left off and everything we wrote is so cool and unique and different but still somehow runaway angel and yeah when you finish a song that you've written possibly for runaway angel have you ever thought um maybe we'll try to pitch this song to someone else because it sounds like i mean your songs are commercial obviously and popular but for another artist definitely yeah yeah, you've, that's um, and you've thought of someone. Have you actually done that yet? It's 
if it was easier, we would have done that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like every aspect and every leg and arm and finger of this industry has its own set of hurdles that needs its own set of contacts. (laughs) Yeah, true. I made it sound so easy. Like (laughs) we definitely have songs that I think would be really good for like other artists just not really sure if we've ever had one that like we were like oh this is good for specifically this person right um, but we've also been doing like a lot of music for film and television the last few years and we've had uh, like quite a few sync placements together so That's i think exciting. we're also really looking forward to just continuing to work on like like other music that's not country um for sync because i think we do really well at that as as well would you would all of you or one of you like to mentor uh, new female artists on the scene if there was an opportunity? I'm sure if they come up and ask you questions, you're going to help them out. But would you like to take on a role like that? Oh, I, I mean, I definitely think it'd be something I would be open to. Like the only reason I am where I am is because so many amazing women along the way mentored and helped me. So, I mean, I feel like that's just part of what this business and this industry and this community is all about. Like you just help the next person up the ladder. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because people like artists tend to be pretty open with information, but it still feels like there's a huge barrier just knowing where to start, how to start. When I started, I had no idea CC Mays were a thing. I didn't even know Nashville was a thing. I had no idea what I was doing. Sure. (laughs) Absolutely no clue. And it took years and years for me to finally get a handle like, oh, there are communities. You can join the Songwriters Association. Oh, the CCMAs are a thing. Oh, there are other people, (laughs) you know? So, um, yeah, it's a nice community for sure. Absolutely. A great community. And as you said, Anne, it makes sense that somebody new on the scene wouldn't know all this. How would you know until you know? And But uh, you could obviously um, help somebody eliminate some some of the harder lessons maybe and, and get them there quicker, a little bit quicker. Definitely. Yeah. Like you say, once you know the communities and you know the producers and the right writers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we'll wrap up just now on this question. And you can just all jump in um, as you wish. But advice, it kind of ties into the last question. Uh, but advice for artists out there starting out who have maybe written some songs, performed a bit, but they haven't really got to releasing stuff. And, uh, and advice for them to stay inspired and maybe some business tips in there as well. Um, your network is your net worth and that's the only advice you'll ever need. I like that. I haven't heard it put that way. Your network is your net worth. Wow. It's true. It's the, it's more than ever. That is always the advice I receive. It's always like the affirming experiences I have, like the best things that will happen for you in your career will happen. Sharing a cab ride home from a concert with somebody or, you know, being in a bar with somebody at CCMAs or, you know, being at songwriters nights and meeting writers, meeting producers, getting your name out there. Like it's all about coverage and exposure. And every time I go to any kind of thing that is everybody's talking about how important that is and i've just seen it pay off for us so many times just that the relationships we have are so important maintaining them is so important it's not just about like getting people to know who you are and having an elevator pitch it's literally about like being invested in other people's lives because you want them to be invested in yours wow very well said i don't think i can top that (laughs) (laughs) mic drop That was very well said. Uh, yeah, connecting, connections. Uh, anything to add, Stacey and Ann? I mean, Cadence really nailed it there, but maybe a different angle on it or a different tip? 
if I could go back and erase all the times that somebody offered me something that was way too good to be true and I didn't follow my gut and just my hopes and my dreams just blinded me to what was clearly the reality of somebody just trying to take advantage or take your money or whatever, man, like I'd be, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of, I'd have a lot more money for one thing, but there are predators out there. You have to follow your gut and do your homework. If it sounds too good to be true, like it, don't get me wrong. Dreams do come true. I'm not going to tell people like nothing good's ever going to happen to you, but uh, <laughs> there are people that are, predators out there yeah. they want to take their piece of whatever you can do and you you have to be careful and protect your art and protect your heart and uh yeah. do your homework you people like us are happy to answer like oh do you know this producer yes we do what do you think about them do your homework with them yeah like <laughs> most of the people in this business are so transparent if you just ask anybody like have you worked with this person would you recommend them we will all be very upfront and honest with you we will never tell you to work with somebody that we would never work with again or that we wouldn't recommend because that's just not yeah. what this business is about exactly Absolutely. yeah yeah people will give the artists will give honest answers so that is great advice to uh, yeah, do your homework and, and reach out to somebody in the community, even if it's an artist you think well, is on a different level than you, but more than likely they'll they'll uh, help you out. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, great advice, because that can happen when you're new in the area and you don't know any of the people. You might go to this producer who has not got the best of intentions. So great advice. Uh, Stacey, what about you? I would say um, take constructive criticism, but don't let anyone's like tearing you down make you quit yeah because uh i i quit uh, a few times like i didn't sing at all after a really like traumatizing experience when i was like 18 of somebody just being really really mean to me um and i should have just taken it as like okay maybe i need to like take a step back and like you know take extra singing lessons or just like work harder on it rather than just being like okay i'm terrible i quit yeah. so yeah, I would say that's what I would say is just take constructive criticism. But there's, you know, 50 percent of people in a room might hate you for no reason. And that's OK. <laughs> but that doesn't have to be like the reason that you that you stop doing it. You got to find uh, got to stay true to yourself. That is great advice because so, like constructive criticism is good. Consider the source. And uh, like you say, don't let that be the uh, final word on uh your talent oh yeah and pay for your own masters don't let any <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's the most important <laughs> that's yeah. the key takeaway here yeah. pay for your own masters is it taylor swift went through oh no i don't know if that was her situation but maybe just explain that a little more like masters are a huge part of like a large chunk of what you get paid for royalties. So if you don't actually own the right to them, you can't make money from them. So oh. basically like owning your masters means that you are the person who paid for those, the creation of that audio recording to take place. So when producers are like trying to be nice to you and be like, well, I'll produce you for free. It's not for free. They own your masters and they can make money off your music and control it. So it's not for free. Okay, great. Yeah. Great business advice. Is that something that ended up happening in Taylor Swift? She lost the ownership of her masters or a lot of times that's why she the label it. owns your masters because they pay for the recordings. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Okay. We end with a great business tip there. Uh, there's so much to learn about the business on from writing to the 
actual business side contracts, etc. Um, Runaway Angel, thank you, ladies, Stacy, Cadence, and Anne for being here. Congratulations on the new summer anthem we'll all be cranking up called Beach, Please. Thank you. Uh, so great to have you. Can't wait to see you in person very soon. Same. We'll see you yeah, this week. Yeah. That see sounds you great. Soon. I'm Dave Woods. Keep on keeping it country.